This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is In the Workplace on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here are Professor Peter Capelli and Dan O'Mara. <laughs> Hey, folks, welcome back. You're in the workplace. I'm Peter Capelli, and Dan O'Mara is... Not here. ...at the spa again. Spider vein treatment this week, Ooh. Uh, we understand. He has good-looking legs anyway. Uh, well, they're going to be even better Hard because, to as, as I understand, it's a laser process where they zap them. Um, so hopefully we won't get an up-close look at them uh, next week, but we understand that they're going to be extremely better. <laughs> they were before. It all depends on the baseline. Yeah, was. what's the baseline? Right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. So Dan is at the spa this week. With us is the fabulous Greg Shea, longtime professor here at the Wharton School and an organizational so- psychologist. So if you're an organization who needs therapy, uh, our number is 1-844-WHARTON. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. But don't call us yet uh, because we have other things we want to do before we get to yakking time, which will come later in the show. We're going to talk about monitoring today. We're going to talk about hiring and what's new there. And we're talking about one other thing that I can't remember before we get down to business uh, of Greg and I talking about stuff. So, it had to do with the space-time continuum, I think. Right? Uh, did we do that last week? Oh. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about uh, the third one is the Peter Principle, which is, uh. as you know, is... Basically, that everybody named Peter is fabulous and wonderful. That's one of the principles. <laughs> that's right. That's if you look at the dictionary, that's like definition 12 way down at the end. Uh, we're I think talk it's about, in the appendix. Yeah, we're going to talk about promotions and who gets promoted and some interesting uh, results from a new study. But the first thing we want to talk about is employee monitoring and uh, how that works. So let's just think about this for a little bit, particularly the employee reaction to this. The reason this is a big deal story is because there are lots more ways for employers to collect information about their employees. So uh, let's think about what some of those are and what do we expect uh, to happen with this. Now, You know, you might imagine that everybody's going to hate this, right, employers collecting information or monitoring their employees. But we also get used to this stuff, right, Uh, because uh, employers, you know, for a long time have had access to everything we do on our computers. And that was settled as a question of law a long time ago. We've We've had computers on our desk since the mid 1980s. Which I think totaling it up here is um, going thirty years, thirty-five years or so. Yeah, so it's been around for a while, and we also understood that employers—it's their phone. If you're using their phone, and they can listen in on that, and of course we've had cameras in the workplace for quite a while as well. But Greg pointed out, you know, the new thing, of course, social media. And during our extensive preparation period, we did. Uh, we did the week that. Greg and I spent with the interns and the staff going over things for this show. Uh, Greg pointed out that this is not new either. No, in fact, if if we go back to when we had company towns, right? Right. Uh, So basically the entire town was not only dependent economically, but socially it was the company, period, right? right. So, And some of them are still around, you know, Hershey, yes. Pennsylvania, privately yep. owned community, right, owned by the Hershey Corporation. So literally everything you did was visible yep. 
mm-hmm. uh, at all times by members of the company, including those people who were in management. Mm-hmm. Were you into church? Did you go to church? Um, what right. happened? All that stuff was Including what available. your family does. Right, exactly. Right. They know what you're doing all the time, right? And in 1916, 1918, I've exactly when, when Henry Ford created one of the first human resource mm-hmm. departments and created his famous $5 a day plan, uh, you didn't get the $5 a day wage increase until the employees' representatives in the Department of Industrial Sociology, he called it, visited you in your home to make sure that you were a clean living kind of person and in particular, you were not a drinker. Now, I guess you'd have to be both a drinker and stupid not to clean that out of your house before the inspectors came. You'd have to be really serious about your drinking. Serious drinking, right. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be committed to it. That's right. Um, if, uh, a get... priority, one might say. Yes, right. And <laughs> in that context, you might say they were probably right to uh, not give you an increase if you couldn't figure out how to hide your liquor. Uh, it was actually an intelligence test. Yes, right. Field-based. So this is probably not that new. On the other hand, um, since company towns, um, and particularly for folks who live in big cities, you know, it is uh, – you were much more anonymous as soon as you left the workplace. At the workplace itself, though, you know, there's been a fair amount of monitoring for some time. So we want to find out what's happening with this and with us to – Enlighten us is Tiffany Ramirez, who's the content editor for IQPC. She'll tell us what that stands for. And they recently did a metrics and analytics uh, summit and produced a report on what they learned about what companies are doing to monitor their employees. And we want to find out what she found out. Tiffany, welcome. Hi, Peter. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. So, Tiffany, first of all, tell people what IQPC stands for. (laughs) Sure. International Quality and Productivity Center. Uh, So what we do is we are a global education company um, who we we host events globally. Okay. And this particular one was about, you know, what data employees, employers collect from uh, from their employees. But let me ask you, why did you do this? Were you hearing uh, some buzz about this being a big issue or employers concerned about this and or employees? What, What motivated you guys to pull this together? Yes, of course. So first with GDPR trending, um, this is, of course, a trending topic. Also, we have our HR Metrics and Analytics Summit in San Diego in September. So we were discussing a content piece to create. So what we do is research the industry and their thoughts on, on trending topics, which led us to surveying over 250 HR leaders to get a well-rounded understanding on the current state of workforce analytics and data privacy. Okay. All right. So as part of what you kind of work you're doing all the time. And have you done this before? I want to ask you about trends if you've done it before. Have we done trends this, before? This sur- a survey like this on the topic of what employers are collecting? No, this is our first survey. On okay. So yep. let me ask you first, uh, what surprised you? from the survey. Anything that surprised you and the participants there? I said, I wouldn't have imagined this. Yeah. So what surprised us here is that 82%, um, what we found, 82% of employees don't know what data their employers are collecting on them and Ah, how that data is being used. Right. So 
um, they're kind of in an uncomfortable state um, and they don't, they're just confused, you know, what, what kind of data are our employees collecting on us and, and where are they using it and what are they using it for? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about what they are collecting. So there's all kinds of information that employers have on employees, like, for example, on their health, right? Because if you're an, you've got an employer funded and managed healthcare system and you provide employer insurance, I think, uh, health insurance, I think the employer has access to all that stuff, I think. Do they? Do you know? Correct. They they do. Um, it's usually based on the employer. Um, most employers do collect sensitive data such as social security numbers, cell phone mm-hmm. numbers, personal email addresses. Yep. Um, but other data can include personal health care information, personal financial information, uh, social media accounts, and even they can even track down to your Fitbit devices. Yeah, that's a reason I don't have a Fitbit. Uh, is that <laughs> I don't want anybody to know how unfit I am, although uh, I just heard another good one about uh, Fitbits, and that is you just put it on your dog's collar. Uh, and uh, off well, my dog's collar that would not have helped. No, <laughs> because that, it's time on the couch. So how many steps does it count? Dog takes a dog? step. Is it, well, is it the, two, it's a twofer. Yeah, they, right. That's a good point. Uh, does Fitbit know that that is four steps right. if your dog goes one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four? Let's hope so. Yeah. For uh, your it's, sake, it's uh, not quite as good as putting it in the dryer, which is the <laughs> my favorite uh, way of managing that. So let's just talk about this kind of data and the kind of stuff that the employers collect. So they got health data if they provide health care coverage. Uh, they've certainly got uh, data you know, on job performance, and they've got some of your personal data for sure. Payroll requires social security numbers, date of birth, all that kind of stuff. But uh, what other kinds of things that surprised you about what employers collect? So we already know that employees don't know what their employers collect, and let's we'll talk about that in a minute, but what do they collect that was surprising to you, Tiffany? Yeah, so, I mean, when we conducted the survey, we basically found that um, the employees are surprised that their employers can collect almost any information um, that they want to and then they, that they can track them in any way. Yep. Um, what we found that employees, we found that employees are satisfied if their employer is collecting data for purposes like working towards a better designed workplace or employee incentives, or to boost engagement, or even to create customized training programs. Yep. But we we found um, that they're uncomfortable if they are tracking things such as their personal interactions or their social media accounts. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, I wondered in, in looking at the, <clears throat> the summary of uh, your report here that one of the things that was striking to me was that and I, I wondered in terms of if you asked the following question, which is nine, so that 95 percent of people are most concerned about knowing if their data is secure against hacking and theft. Uh, it would it would seem to me that that be as likely that people should be concerned about how they're going to use the data. Your employer, your, your yeah. employer is going to use right. it. Forget about the secondary impact. So I, right. th- th- I was just curious about was there an option for them to have said. I don't trust my employer or how much I entrust my employer to use it in, in an appropriate fashion? Or or is this really the number one concern that they've got, which is it's going to be hacked as opposed to misused by my employer? Mm. Right. I can actually 
dig into this deeper, but that wasn't a specific question uh, within the survey. Okay. Um, but I can, we can get back to you on that one. Okay. Uh, probably not later on the call, but sometime in the future. But it, yeah. it was the case that 72% of your respondents uh, objected, thought it was unacceptable for employers to monitor social media accounts. Um, and some employers do that. And more than half of the employees said that they thought it was objectionable to monitor the physical movements of employees. So let's see for a minute if we could just talk about, maybe just between the three of us, uh, the kind of monitoring that's going on now. And by the way, if you listeners out there have got a good experience with something that's being monitored, uh, call us and let us know. Uh, and we'll put you on the air. If it's Thursday when you're listening, we are live. Here's the number, one eight four four wharton That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You will be monitored when you call, uh, but only by our producer team. So it uh, they pay no attention to what you're saying afterwards. So or don't... what we're saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shock? You didn't get the, oh, the, I, the I'm shock? I'm not plugged in. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was probably a smart thing. So. <laughs> Uh, I know, for example, some employers, at least in p- specific instances, were using proximity badges. Proximity badges basically send a signal when you get close to someone else with a proximity badge. So they're trying to measure how people interact with each other. And they do this to create social network data. And this was maybe more of a fad a few years ago to try to figure out who you are talking to in the company. And you can do this from email traffic, and this apparently is pretty simple to do, and there are companies that will do this on a straightforward basis. They can calculate who any of your employees are talking to in the company by looking at the email traffic. And then, you know, with the beauty of modern computing power, Uh, You can use natural language processing, which basically just means you can read and computerize text and figure out what typically you're talking about with uh, people on email, right? So you can do that one uh, for a long time, as Greg pointed out early, for people like uh, night watch people, right? Uh, We knew where they were because they had this little device that you had to key in every little part on your walk around the plant um, had a different key and you were supposed to at different times put that key in your device and turn it uh, so there was a record of where you were at different points in time. Now you can do this, of course, with the little GPS-y thing that knows where you're walking. Um, so what else? If you had to or do... Or where your dog is walking. <laughs> if you put it on your dog, yeah. Uh, so what else have you seen, Tiffany? What else would surprise people maybe about the kind of data that gets collected? Yeah, exactly. So, Peter, on your point there, uh, the HR Metrics and Analytics Summit did research more into wearables in the workplace. So some may not be familiar with this term, but wearable technology has, just like you were saying, kind of like something you'd wear around your wrist or around your neck. It's a new technology that tracks physical movement in the workplace. So some employers are even looking into... Um, making this mandatory, and it tracks every move you make. So um, we found that more than half of the respondents stated that they would object if their employer asked them to wear this this type of technology. Right. Um, some employees are open to it, 
but they need to know why the data is being collected and how it's being used. Right. Well, Greg will know, because he's, of course, a scholar of the workplace, too, that in the old days of scientific management, uh, we had industrial engineers in lab coats with stopwatches who used to follow people around and time, not only record what they were doing, watch them, but record how long they were doing it. And uh, one of the most objectionable things they were doing was timing people in the bathroom. You know, how long were your bathroom breaks, right? And they were setting up standards that said, you know, thou shalt not spend more than five minutes in the bathroom and thou shalt not spend more than two minutes at the water cooler. And, you know, so it, it uh, this is not new in that sense. But I guess the difference there is you could tell when somebody was monitoring you. There was a a person with a white lab coat <laughs> sitting next to you with a stopwatch. It was pretty clear what's going on. And in this case, you know, these cases, you you don't know that. Right. So wearables are a big thing um, and particularly trying to figure out where you're going. You folks may have heard of this. And Tiffany, I'm wondering if this popped up on your survey uh, that implantables were uh, an issue in some places where they were uh, suggesting to employees that perhaps you might want to, like a dog, have a chip implanted in you. And they were suggesting you could put it in your hand. Um, and apparently it goes nicely between thumb and first finger, um, where you could just wave it at different parts of the organization that have uh, electronic locks to open certain doors, and it would, of course, also record where you've been. And I don't think there was a big uptick in interest in that, people volunteering to have a surgical implant of uh, a chip in their hand. It's an interesting thing because you've got... If, if you watch people who work, for example, in a pharmacy, right, yep. they're mm-hmm. compete. They're regularly having to put barcode, show barcode, right, to, to to the machine, right. And often you see what they end up doing is they end up taping the barcode to right. their forearm, right. So they can. Well, that's it. It's well, not far removed, and I've read well, we're already there. a little bit right where you actually implant inside the inside the forearm. Ooh. Ooh, Something that, that allows you to be recognized, yep. so you can you can move through a lot of your daily yeah. activity at, yeah. uh, without being right. interrupted. Well, you know, working on sort of Amazon-like assembly uh, or sorting stuff. So you know, for mail and sorting drugs for distributors, they've already got your hands coded, so they can count how many different. Um, you know, bags you filled or how many different products you assembled or put together. So they've already got that down, your hands sort of coded. Uh, folks, I should probably remind you what we're doing. We're talking with Tiffany Ramirez, who is the marketing research manager for IQPC, talking about their most recent HR metrics and analytics summit, where they were looking at the data that employers and companies collect on their employees. So, Tiffany, what else would be on your list of things that are perhaps not so obvious that employers are tracking or counting? Right. So, with this, the wearables in the workplace that we were just discussing, off the back of that, it was very interesting that we found that almost 48% indicated that they do not trust their company with this data. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because you know, not it doesn't matter how long you work for, for the company. If you're there for 10 years, you still don't trust them with their data. So it's oh. just mm. this, sense of, this sense of trust. Right, um, right, right. Also, they, the reasons being and, and the themes that we saw around why they're not comfortable, 
Um, reasons were in incompetent IT departments and previously misplaced data by the employer in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And overall, it comes down to being given zero transparency on how their data is protected. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that one in just a minute, but we got a call from Larry in Arizona who's got something else we hadn't thought of. Larry, what have you seen? Yes, uh, I haven't seen this, but I was just thinking with the facial recognition now to unlock your phone and everything, and the camera's already in the workplace, they could easily monitor and track everywhere you're at constantly without you knowing it and without you needing to implant anything. Right, that's true. That's a good point. I wonder if you could wear a face mask. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and see, wear a Groucho Marx mask and see what happens, right? That might be interesting. Yeah. So, Larry, you haven't experienced this yet? No, no. Okay. No. Yeah, good. Um, let's hope maybe it doesn't come to that. Thanks for that one, Larry. I think that we've also forgotten fingerprints, which, you know, we know those are around, too. And, folks, if you've got something we hadn't thought of, particularly something unusual that is getting tracked in your workplace— uh, give us a call. Let us know what it is. One eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Maybe we'll uh, move back to the point Tiffany was making here about you know almost uh, half employees don't trust their company with the data. What do you think they're worried about, Tiffany? Besides you know a hack where some you know the black web gets or the dark web gets uh, access to your personality tests or something like that. What do you think they're worried about? Right. So, I mean, we found that they are worried that maybe it's not they're worried about getting caught in some kind of um, action that they're doing. It might be the fact that they don't like that they're being micromanaged. So um, it could be, it could be that aspect as well that we found. Also, we've also, we found that, they don't want their data used inappropriately against them and or making them feel guilty or something right. in a certain situation. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, I think employees have a much stronger sense of when I'm working and not working than a distinction between that than employers have of it. You know, so if I'm on my break, for example, the employees have a perception that uh, the employer should be leaving them alone. You know, if Dan was here, he would tell us that, of course, the employers are within their legal rights whenever you are on the clock or in their building to be watching you in any way they want. But I think in terms of this sort of social contract, there's this perception among employees that, okay, I'm on my break, leave me alone now. And I think that part of it would really irritate people, and apparently the evidence uh, is that it uh, that it does. You know, I would worry more – let's see, what would I worry more about uh, if I'm an employee – Um, uh, I think certainly people are worried about what the employer is learning about them from social media, and that's kind of understandable. Again, I think that's the sense of it's none of your business, what I do on social media. But, of course, the employers can make it their business in most states if they want to. I wonder if we're going to get legislation on that. Well, do you also think that part of the social media, at least in a limited sense, could be, are you doing this while you're at work? For sure. Right. Are you uh, right? If you're spending time on your Facebook page and, you know, a lot of employers blocked all that stuff, but now they're starting to unblock it because they're running their own media campaigns. Right. Because there's much uh, something studies go as high as 40 percent of people's time is spent doing non-work activity. No kidding. In in the electronic or digital 
Really? No kidding. Right. Even you think on the Sirius XM staff? Well, I don't see anybody around right now, so I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> Tiffany, let's ask you about best practices. So advice to employers now, uh, knowing what we know the employees think and knowing what the employers are doing, what would you tell employers to do different or differently or to not do that they're doing now? And what would you tell them to do? Right, definitely. It is best practice for an employer to have set guidelines. Um, these guidelines should be addressed from day one that the employee joins in their employee handbook. Okay. So it is understood by those employees. Okay. Um, can, I, can I just yeah. ask you on that? Because your study finds that the vast majority uh, of HR folks say that they've got these privacy and security guidelines, but also the vast majority of employees don't know what the heck they are. Right. This is correct. So 85% of respondents said, yes, their company does have set guidelines. But what they're unsure about is how it's being collected and how it's being used. Yeah. T- Tiffany, did you find any evidence of companies doing internal audits of how well they apply the policies that they have in place? Ooh. That's a great question. We actually didn't re- did not research into that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly so boards of directors are getting more and more interested in the broad range of what mm-hmm. IT does and doesn't do. So... Yeah. Maybe that goes in your next survey. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. Uh I, yeah, I think um I think health data uh people are quite concerned about and of course there's already lots of laws about that, right? Uh about not sharing employee health data, but there's no laws I don't think about sharing other kind of data about your employees or am I missing something Tiffany, do you know? Are there laws about employers how employers use the data they collect about you at work? Right. So it is not illegal, um, but, again, the employer should be should be open with the employees when discussing this matter. Yeah. I think uh, I'm trying to think what would creep me out the most. I think maybe performance measures too, right? So evidence about my job performance, performance uh, records, appraisal scores, that kind of stuff. You mean in terms of where it went outside the organization? Yeah, or how, yeah. If it if it leaked out, but you know there are also some studies done a while ago showing that certain kind of performance information employees are not just okay with their employer collecting, but they want to see it themselves, right? So, you know, how am I doing on something reasonably objective compared to how I did, you know, last month or something like that? Um, Thinking about, uh, is there a reverse glass door? Ooh. And what what would that be? Well, if glass door is about employees or uh, former employees talking about what it's like to work in Ooh. a certain place. Yeah. Uh, so, and that actually is a place that, uh, a location, a digital mm-hmm. location that people do go to. Yes. And checking out organizations. Is there a reverse glass door, which is organizations posting about employees? Employees, right? <laughs> the Greg Shea file, for example. Yeah, that's right. It's, it was long and deep. <laughs> <laughs> so long and very shallow. Yeah, that's I the... wonder. I wonder whether that's illegal or not. Oh, where? Oh, where is Dan O'Mara when we need him? Spider veins. Uh, yeah, spider veins. That's where he is exactly. And he would tell us. Well, I have to look that up anyway, so wouldn't get to it. Uh, Tiffany, what's next for you guys? What's uh, what did this uh, report? lead you, I think, to think about looking at next, This, in addition to what Greg mentioned? Anything you think next time, okay, now we're going to look at XYZ? Yeah, so we definitely are interested in looking more into the wearables in the workplace. 
this is a trending topic. There was an article about Amazon might start using this. So we definitely want to look more into that. Yep. We do have our HR Metrics and Analytics Summit in San Diego in September. Okay. So at this conference, all these topics will be discussed, all the trending topics um, from speakers who have interest in these topics across yep. from AIG, PayPal, Sony Entertainment. Um, these are all trending challenges and issues that yeah. Yeah. HR and employees are, are dealing with. Um, so we are interested in looking deeper, prepping for the con- the conference and at the conference. Okay, good. Tiffany, thanks very much for being with us. Tiffany Ramirez is the Marketing Research Manager for IQPC and runs their HR Metrics and Analytics Summit, and they've been uh, looking at what employers are collecting about their employees. And I must say, uh, Greg, this is the kind of thing where I imagine we're going to get some overreach pretty soon. You know, I, I think most employers... By employers. By employers, yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the problem, of course, is there's, you know, is there are lots of employees and there are... Most of them are pretty sensible, but because there's so many, there's a lot of employees who are wacky, and the same thing with employers, right? And I think, uh, in particular, I think there is a fundamental difference in how some employers think about their employees, and I think, you know, the idea of empowering your employees is kind of one extreme. The other extreme is let's watch them and monitor them, and Many of us remember or know of Frederick Hertzberg's famous Theory X approach to managing people, which is they're basically trying to screw up and you got to watch them like a hawk and punish them or bribe them to get them to behave. And Theory Y, which is Greg. And, uh, to do with self-actualization through work. There you go, that people actually would like to do a good job, at least if you put them in the right context. And uh, it's it's never clear to me who's winning that uh, tug of war. But I think for sure the rise of IT in the workplace has empowered more Theory X people, right? The the folks who are behind a lot of this stuff, and this is not to, uh, to smear engineers per se, but there's a lot of this stuff is developed by people who don't know an awful lot about uh, the workplace and don't know an awful lot about work behavior and they're looking at pretty simple ideas around employees, like matching job to person is a simple exercise and, um, you know, incentives are what everything is about in terms of motivation. And watching people and counting stuff is the way to figure out how to get the best workers. And why should people object to any of this? You, you know, you don't hear in the communities creating these new tools, anybody asking themselves what the worker reaction to this will be. Um, and I would guess, my sense is that the blowback we'll start seeing is legislation at the state level, where states, and can you say California in particular, will start to say, no, you can't look at this anymore because a few employers did started collecting wacky stuff, particularly with these ide- these wearables. I think that's sensitive stuff, and particularly non-work time. You know, you're on a break or you're not sitting at your uh, computer or whatever you're supposed to be working on. You got a break. You're at lunch, and they're still tracking your movements, and that's going to creep people out. So I also I also wonder, Peter, if some of this is driven by if you go to more and more 
virtual or distance employees. Ooh. And so you, at one level, one could have viewed that as uh, a movement toward empowering people to work in the fashion that they want. Yep. And you would expect then, uh, I don't know if that's actually T1, but let's say that's time one. Yep. Uh, then the next thing is going to happen is somebody's going to take the technology to try to bring them back into the fold in some fashion yes. as they define. Right. Bring, and then there's going to be another. Right. Individual. That's a great point, because yeah. I think, you know, there is this tug of war in organizations right now about people working for home where half the management team thinks they're just goofing off and the other half says, so what if they're working at home? And one way to square that disagreement, it's okay, we'll let them work from home, but they have to wear wearables. Yeah, and we have to have a camera at their desk. <laughs> right, and there so you they, go. they at least can only wear jammies from the waist down. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> Folks, we're going to take a break now and check on our own IT policy here. And we're going to find our staff too, you, right? You think anybody's listening? <laughs> They're monitoring us? I think probably are. And we're going to come back in just a little bit and talk about recruiting. So hang in there. We'll be right back with you. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 